Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of One Amazing Experience uh, where we talk to event um, leaders, uh, talk to them through their career and uh, most importantly if they were to hold an event and um, what sort of event it will be. Uh, so we'll be touching on what their venue of choice will be, what sort of arrival music they'll have, tipple of choice for their guests, uh, meal of their choice, uh, one entertainment of choice, a celebrity should they like to have one at their party, what their first dance track will be, the big departure, either themselves or their guests, how they'll leave the party, and uh, one parting gift to their guests as well, be that something physical or, or just a gesture or a, a word to leave them with. And I'm delighted today to be joined by uh, Graham Hill uh, from uh, Graham Hill Consulting and obviously previously known as the uh, director at Square Mill for for many years, which I'm sure Graham will touch on, uh, and also presently a competition and event director of the Event Photography Awards. Um, Graham, would you be so kind as just to give us and the listeners a sort of 30 second rundown in terms of what Graham Hill Consulting does? Um, good afternoon, Philip. Uh, yeah, well, I it does this and that, really. Um, after 22 years of uh, doing Square Meal and primarily the venues and events side of that uh, company um i i i left wondering you know not wanting to do anything specific so i did various things one of which you kindly gave me a call and said do you want to do the event photography awards um and uh, delighted to having been the media sponsor and i'm doing some work with the british museum and the barbican and with who i put an event together with wired magazine I've done a bit of work for the HAC, various venues that I've known over the years. Um, uh, so turning my hand to stuff, doing some exhibition work um, and rewriting people's presentations is something I'm doing a lot of at the moment. And Dex, so yeah, this and that, I, I might land on something, you know, more, more permanent in due course, <laughs> but, you know, variety, having done the same thing for over 20 years, variety is the spice of life for now. No, Absolutely. And uh, there are there are many in the events industry who do work, as you say, on a sort of freelance basis and, and will go from event to event or project to project. So it's so nice to hear your viewpoint as you do that at the moment as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, just quickly, in terms of, obviously, you mentioned Square Mail, um, and I believe uh, you're obviously a director there for, for as you say, 20 odd years. And uh, you were head of uh, venues and events there. Is that correct? Yeah. I When I joined Square, I joined Square Mail because I love restaurants. Yeah. I, you know. Um, and, uh, but when I got there, I sort of, uh, worked out that while we were answering the question, where should we have lunch? Um, th there was a very natural progression to where should we, ha where should we hold this event? Um, so I, uh, and we get phone calls from readers saying to asking to recommend restaurants, right, which I loved fielding. Uh, but every so often you'd get one asking for a restaurant, uh, for, for a venue, um, and I started writing those down, and I'll never forget one coming in from J.P. Morgan for 200 people that got me a meeting with Chester Boyd. And, uh, you know, 22 years later, you know, 25 years later now, uh, I still chat to Charles Boyd um, <laughs> down at 8 Northumberland, uh, etc. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he was my first uh, big client. We, so we added a venue section as a as an adjunct to um to restaurants and from there you know it grew and grew and grew and grew to a, a separate venue guide 
magazines and of course the exhibition of Billingsgate. Yeah, absolutely, the, the probably the, the largest of its type in terms of its of the show. Uh, maybe not in terms of in, in square footage, but it, we uh, we had a square meter, you're supposed to say. We yeah, uh, more of a publisher. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, we certainly had plenty of variety, and lots in and out, uh, and we had as many people come through the door as anyone. Um, it was a it was a good show. And uh, I always remember you being a bit of a Christmas specialist, Graham, in terms of your presentations that you did. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I, I tell you, one of the, I'm very proud because uh, I I think I'm the the first publisher of a corporate Christmas party magazine, um, which we we moved made a section into a supplement and then a full magazine. And actually, um, you know, I make me fondly remember remember you know, Guy and Mike at the Ultimate Experience who bought a quarter page for Christmas parties off me in my first year at Square Meal. And the following year said, well, yeah, we got so much response. If you, if you had a whole section, I'd buy a page. Uh, and I, uh, that was Mike. And I said to him, oh, funny that, Mike. We're just about to launch a Christmas party section. Um, and I, uh, and they, took, they went to one of their first parties. It was a... Um, uh, Cowboys and Indians at Conway Hall, bless it, yeah, around Holborn Way, and uh, and it was such a ride. I took a couple of friends and my wife, and uh, um, now wife, and we had it was such a giggle, um, and it was those are the early days of of of, uh, of themed Christmas parties, and how but how they grew, um, you know the the ultimate experience, the market, the you know uh, and the. And the parties, the the theming and the the quality of them, um, you know, Mel Atkins, Eddie Hall, um, Smart, of course, it just all, you know, it's a it was a good market, and so I made a magazine for it as well. Absolutely, and they're and they're, they're very full car and fun character of, of Arthur Somerset as well, of course. Oh gosh, how could I forget dear Arthur and Mask? Um, God rest his soul. Yeah, yeah, greatly missed. Now, one of the advice you did give, uh, I, I, I watched some of your presentations, Graham, was uh, was don't skimp because it's a false economy when it comes to your Christmas party. Oh, well. well, that was, I think that was bloody good advice, frankly. Um, yeah. Because if you spent too little, your staff would just go, well, why are we bothering? And they'd wonder why, um, why they're working for a company that, that didn't value them. And the, the 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 spend, I think there is there is research that says the spend on a Christmas party will actually make you, you know, pay for itself in terms of not having to spend money on recruitment for the rest of the year or the the following year. So absolutely, yeah. If you're going to do it, do it properly, um, within reason, um, and uh, yeah, that and. Most people went up to the hundred and fifty pound mark with you know in ink that of course, um, but you'd get a lot of people going oh how much, and you'd still get people going around the local trattoria of a of an afternoon that they've been using for lunch on a Friday all year anyway, you know just added some uh, some crackers, and you you just you know roll your eyes put your head in your hands. <laughs> no, fair enough. Well, I have a feeling when it comes to your party, and you can obviously tell us what the, what the, the occasion is going to be, but uh, you're not going to skimp. 
and certainly, <laughs> and certainly not on the on the venue. So where where will you be having your party? Well, I I well I I've I've said I've said to myself this it should be a solid budget rather than a silly one. Yep. Um, so I'm not skimping, but I'm not. I hope not. You know, being you know throwing silly money at it, um, and it might be in the bounds of reason. And when I was thinking about it, I, 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 I equated it to my to put it into context. My fiftieth birthday, which uh, was a little bit further away from you know in the past than I'd like to admit now, um, but it was great fun. But it, 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 uh, and and other people's fiftieth birthday, so it was a, a spate of fiftieth. And I thought put those all together, you know, with more money than um, reasonable sense. And I, I, I had an idea that I really wanted it to be like a country house out and away with rooms so people could stay and, and just have a mess. And, and I kept having um, Heads of House in mind, having mentioned Eddie Hall earlier, um, but Heads of House on Sea. And okay. then I thought a bit more um, and and always, always wanted to spend time at the Burr Island Hotel, which is down in Bigbury in the South Hands in Devon. And I went to university polytechnic at the time in in plymouth and i spent uh you know far too much time on bigbury beach uh revising um <laughs> yeah, i went to I, I went to bournemouth university i did a lot of revising on the beach yeah well. did a lot of revising down there and it is it's it's i regard it as my spiritual home um it's utterly beautiful um has this amazing co- uh, uh causeway beach with the 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 um the sea coming in from around burr island and the hotel itself is a classic art deco um building which has just been refurbished uh, or recently been refurbished uh and agatha christie used to go and wrote and wrote a a, a novel there and based there um so that's and that also fitted into what i had in mind they said, you know, what would everyone wear? And I and I thought, well, yeah, I want everyone black tie and posh frocks. Um, because if, yeah, if you go to a 50th and someone's hired a house, as they have done a couple of mine, and however, you know, down to earth and raucous the event might be, such fun to stick a dickie on like you used to do as a student for, for the rugby club ball and the like. So you can't not put your penguin on um, at Burr Island for, uh, you know, a Woodhousian um even <laughs> no, it, it, it sounds like i i you do get the right feel if you put if you put the as you say the black tie on and it was also i i, I did um sue barnes in one of these and uh her her she was she was describing the leaving of the night at 5 a.m or what a time it was and the girls sort of wandering out holding their high heels in their hand after partying for too long and not being able to put them on after dancing and it's also it's all part of the feel isn't it in terms of of, of dressing up in glad rags it, it's all part of the magic and if if yeah. they want to take their take their lab uh, uh, their lavatanes off and um when they, <laughs> when they when they go down to the to the sea pool for a bit of you know early morning skinny dipping or whatever um then that's all to the good excellent um, and uh, in terms of setting up the scene for this, so the, the guests are arriving at the venue. Um, I'm assuming you have some music playing as they arrive. What, what's, what, what, what are you going for, Graham? Um, well, in the absence of Noel Coward, 
Um, uh, and I, I even thought of the lovely Vernon sisters who used to come and play the Sandman too often at the show and various other places. Uh, they used to do the the Gat, yeah, the Keith Prowse's Gatsby um, club uh, outside Wimbledon that isn't going on at the moment and isn't on the edge of my cricket club in Wimbledon. Um, I'd certainly, I'd have a, I'd have pianists. I, I play the piano, so I love well played pianos and you know tinkling ivories. But I'd have two. I'd have a duet, you know, two playing. Um, yeah, we used to have those party pianos at the show, which was they, they were fun. But I think something more genteel I have in mind. Um, but uh, you know, but they could play something. They could play Rock Bottom by Lindsay DePaul and Mike Moran from the from Eurovision. I th- suddenly thought last night. Having watched Will Farrow's Eurovision film, uh, <laughs> and I just spend the day wanting to say, "Play, play, ya ya, ding dong." Um, <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, you know, rush to do so. Um, I haven't yet. Uh, and it, it would mean that would be for the entrance. I have late. I have other music later. Is that of all course, right? of course, yes. No, that's right. absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's and, great. So, and I just 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 to nail down on that that twenty, it's very much a twenties theme, is what I should say. Sure. To go sure. with the Art Deco, to go, you know, Bertie, my my honeymoon was at a place called the River Club in on the banks of the Zambezi, and we were we were with a, their first honeymooners, and it was run by a chap called Peter Jones, who was a who was a um, not the Dragon's Den, uh, not the Dragon's Den chap, <laughs> but uh, he used to be a, he was a he was a guards officer in Chelsea, so quite. Yeah, he used to probably shop in his own shop uh, and then opened this place. And he said, I want to run it like the Drones Club. That's in Bertie Worcester's club. Mm. And, uh, and, and, you know, one of my favourite memories in life is uh, playing croquet by candlelight with, my, with a butler carrying a white port on a silver salver between hoops. Um, <laughs> yeah, we... It was riotous, but there was a Belgian couple who thought it was all rather strange. Um, but yeah, so it's it's the Drones Club. So it's fun and games, twenties, Woodhouse, um, and uh, at Burr Island, and with the beautiful views where you you look out there and you think, God, where's Turner when you need him? Amazing. You weren't, you weren't telling the the the, uh, the Belgians to think of Poirot to get their <laughs> give them to give them a reference. <laughs> Very good connection, Philip. Good work. Uh, yeah. Well done. Excellent. So we've obviously we've started off your, your partings and the guests are arriving. And, and so to, to go back to, to you, if we may. So um, so so in terms of your, as you say, we suppose, let's start from when you started Square Meal or you joined Square Meal. What, what did you do before Square Meal? Um, I was at Euromoney. So okay. I worked in the city uh, on a on a at an event called the Europe, European Bond Congress um, and uh, selling space and putting that together for in the first year at the, at the Barbican. Um, so I don't, and I'd always worked in the city in my summer holidays, you know, just doing admin jobs in, in, in banks and things. But um, I, I, I liked, I liked the idea of working in the city, but uh, when it came to it, um, my my brother's an architect. My sister's a fashion designer, and they both they both said to me, "Yeah, but there's no product, Graham. You know, your product is someone else's stock, or or it's you know, you, yeah, and they're they're a bit intangible, a bit more yeah. tangible." Um, and i i sold the uh, i i sold the advertising for the student union um, as when I ran a business as part of my course at Plymouth, uh, which 
I kept me in beer, I should say, um, uh, with the banks on board and things. And uh, and so I lapsed into publishing, and then from publishing through your money into into events. I mean, in terms of Square Mail, you describe yourself as a publisher and then an event planner. Yeah, uh, uh, it sounds a bit. I was going to use. So I mustn't swear, but uh, a bit key. Um, it's almost like it, it, you just create events, don't you? Event, create, event creator, that's a frightful phrase. Um, but no, I, I, primarily I'm a publisher. Um, yeah, I, I, I redid the British Museum's event brochure last year and it was like going back to publishing. I loved it. Um, but the live format of uh, events and particularly you know, exhibitions, and we, we did other events. We had reader events and, um, and smaller uh, things. We had a, used to do a wedding um, seminar and things um but uh, creating the event in a live format yeah just fabulous great fun like making it yeah doing your best party so certainly i i hoped that having published information in the sphere for so long that we got the we got the event organizing side reasonably right as well if that makes sense yeah, no, absolutely, it does, and I know, and I know from uh, from our experience of, of working with you when you were there, the, uh, the sort of attention to detail and the logistical eye. But I guess a lot of that comes from publishing in terms of when when you go to print, it's got to look right. Yeah, <laughs> there's no point telling someone it's a mistake after you've published, and it's a, it's the same. It's the same in terms of that live format for events. Um. Yeah, I, I, I recall when I, attention to detail, I was told that sometimes my attention to detail was a, bit, a little bit too attentive at times. Um, but it, it, it comes from publishing guides when you've got to live with a, something for a year and more. And if, you know, if a phone number's wrong or an address is wrong, you know, you're shot. You, that's, that's, that's your stock in trade and you've got to get it right. And and yes, that that uh, that ran into the event. I hope to a degree that you know, I was quite uh, OCD about header boards and getting the numbering, the site, and the, uh, that sort of thing. And I'm because I think they're really important that people look at them and then look at the product, um, or vice versa. But uh, uh, it, it, I was very lucky. I had a brilliant operations manager who freelanced with us called Kate Way uh now kate barrett and uh yeah she she take she tended to make me look good at times excellent well we all need that oh gosh yes <laughs> and dug me out of a few holes i can assure you well maybe we can come on to a few of those holes in later no, no um, rather not <laughs> okay so we'll, we'll we'll leave the holes and go on to some drinks instead so okay. uh yeah, so you uh, you you're you're arriving. Everyone's in in black tie. They're all arriving at this beautiful um, Burr Island hotel, surrounded by the sea. Um, is it a summer event? I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I think I think yeah. yes. Best yeah. to get some weather. Yeah. I think yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I imagine uh, drinks outside. Drinks outside, uh, overlooking the uh, the the beach. On the there is a nice area there. Um, and again, yeah, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I, I, I like a good traditional, as long as there's plenty of uh, situation. And I just want bubbles. And why, why would you not have, not have bubbles? But I'd have English sparkling. Um, and I'm a, I'm a great fan of 
uh, English sparking wine. Many my favourites are the Camel Valley. Wouldn't be inappropriate because we'd be in the West Country. Uh, I also love Hattingley, uh, which is just south of Alsford, north of Winchester, which is down the road from my hometown. It's got lots of tight little bubbles. I had it first at Taste a few years ago and loved it and been buying it ever since. So um, either one, um, I, I will be going to the Camel Valley to uh, in a couple of weeks when we revisit Cornwall. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely some bubbles um, and and some pims. Um, but uh, as it's an old fashioned event, they bit, this may be a bit later. It might be because it might get things a bit lively too quick. I do like an old fashioned um, martinis wouldn't be inappropriate. Uh, I love a whiskey sour. That would be later, I think, but you know, mm-hmm. doesn't hurt to kick off. And we'd also have pink gins flying around because they were invented in Plymouth uh, 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 in the long Mutley plain. Yeah. Apocryphally, probably a, a pub called the Fortescue, but they're good old salt tar drink. And as chairman of the cricket club in, uh, in Plymouth, I, I, made a lot of people drink a lot of pink gin in my time there and, and still roll it out today. Um, so that, that would be, but no, nothing too it's controversial bubbles and yeah. pins. Excellent. It, it, it will certainly, but all of that will definitely get the party going, I'm sure. Mm. And, I, and I, I'm guessing you're serving the, the champagne in sort of champagne cups. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so fitting into the theme. Uh, good crystal be, glass, right? Yeah. Not, not fluted for this. Yeah. Mid twenties. No, no. Yeah. Bit more twenties, is that? Yeah, excellent. Um, and will you be doing canapes with your drinks? Yes, but I haven't got a list of them. Uh, but if, uh, top of the head, yeah, uh, and I think quite Moorish ones. How's that? Okay, quite, quite Moorish. Quite Moorish, not too dainty. Okay, um, but uh, but having run the canapé cup or run it, had it. We used to do the, the canapé cup. I think, how about all the winners of the square meal canapé cup over the years? Because there were some crackers. Mm. Um, yeah, Sodexo, uh, Blue Straw. Yeah, how about that? So I, I haven't got a list of them now. Refer yeah, me to okay. them later. Yeah. Yes, no, I, I, I remember having a number of them over the years at Square Meal. I think Eden won a number of years, didn't they? Eden won yeah. a couple of years. Yes. Um, Boulevard? Um, uh, Sodexo, oh, recently. Boulevard, didn't they win one? Boulevard, yes. Yeah. They've won a lot. They've won a couple. He's a good guy. Yeah. And uh, the Cinnamon Club won a couple of years as well uh abdul did them there and, and made a name for himself on them so that yeah a little bit of spice in there that's right yeah we would have had the raj at the time empire and all that so you, you you've got to give uh, you've got to get the balance right mm. and food. um so um in terms of square meal as you say you you started the event side off the back of the restaurant side mm. uh so how many how many years did it take you to really feel that that, that took off um and did you have a, I mean, as you said, you know, you started off and, and people took a quarter page advert and then you started publication. I mean, did, did you have a, a vision at that time in terms of doing the show? Did you have it all sort of mapped out or? Oh, gosh, no. Uh, we were, yeah. it was all very much off the cuff. Um, and we had about probably 30 venues. It was about a dozen pages, six on each plus ad. So maybe even 36 venues. Um in the first issue that I worked on. And that was enough 
to make a reference point. And around that was some corporate entertainment, a few corporate gifts. There was a, uh, a five-page feature on corporate uh, golf balls from Slazenger. Uh, bless them. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a good sell. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, I'm sure they did very well out of it. They did very, very well. They repeated it the following year. Well, there you go. Um, but the, the, the crux of it, and we had some out of town, some, some nice venues. Uh, I always remember Whitley Park, which is now back in private ownership. It was a, you know, a very well-to-do conference center uh, near Godalming. Uh, came back and said, you know, we, they, they, we only had a few inquiries, but they were all whoppers. And they booked one and that, that, that paid their ad back about, you know, 120 times or something. It was, uh, it was nuts. Um, so there was growth potential there, but we were a very London-centric publication. And, uh, and so the growth came in, in, um, in, the, uh, in the London venue sphere. Um, and and it, I think it took off literally in one year uh, because uh, we, put, we sent it out and I got a call from Ian Fraser from the Natural History Museum. If yeah, many people li- will remember the dear chap, uh, I, I worked for him, Graham. So, oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> and he was, and also you know, head honcho for the for UVL, and um, and that ad, their review had been put in by um, not Ring and Brimer, but one of the old um, uh, caterers. Ta- yeah, that 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 group, um, Roger to Pilkington. Uh, t- it, but he put it in with his phone number. That was the yeah. You take a full page, and then we you can and they had this thing for the Great British Secrets. Can I take a page of Great British Secrets and have all the reviews? And we just said yeah, that because we wanted to fill up, and we learned very quickly from that uh, because he rang up and said, "Why is someone else's phone number on my review?" Which was entirely fair enough. Um, and. Uh, and we said, well, they paid to put you in there because they were, they're your caterer. Well, they're one of our caterers. So then we learned, ah, you have lists of caterers. So literally knew nothing about all this, but learned very, very quickly. Learned that you had to go to the ven- deal with venues direct, only deal with caterers if they had a, um, uh, an exclusive contract. Uh, 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 but that it grew very quickly as a be- on, on that basis. Okay, well, would you like to come direct? Yes, of course. And, and so it progressed. From there, it, and, it, and it gradually grew and the, the back section got thicker and thicker until we eventually pulled it out and made it into a separate guide because you know, it was all too big together. And it warranted being a separate sub-brand. And I couldn't believe it when venuesandevents.co.uk was available. Um, and so they're, 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 that was the brand, venues and events, says it all. It does indeed. It does indeed. And going back to your event, uh, the guests are now usually uh, Wharton had some canapes to keep them going. Hmm. Um, so you're going into your meal of your choice. Are you going for a, a, a traditional three course? Well, it, well, you, you did suggest three courses. You know, I'm, I'm not averse to a Degustacian menu, Philip, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> um, I've had the odd tasting. Eight, 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 eight to eight, seven, yeah. Nine, well, I've, you know, eight, nine, ten. Um, I'm not averse, but I've again, I've kept it traditional because you you don't want people you know stuck at tables all night. It's a party. It's not a 
uh, a gastronomic experience though uh, um and i've also you know not gone too controversial but so i'm just gonna i'm gonna my favorite my favorite starters in my life uh were both alan ducasse creations um a very um, and very simple a morel risotto uh which had at the at, at the louis sankar in uh, in monte carlo and a potifer that is Bastille de Moustier up in Provence. And I could never imagine that, you know, vegetables and water could taste so amazing. Uh, and it just out as well. But for this, I'm going to keep it really simple. Uh, and just do smoked fish. Now, okay. a little bit electric, but it's got to include smoked eel. And just turned in the pan because it's so oily. You don't need to do anything, but you just warmed in the pan. Put it on. It's, enough, it's an oily enough fish. Either side on the plate. And um, it's simple. No one's going to complain. Everyone's going to enjoy Everyone, But also, you need good bread rolls with it. A good selection. Plenty of bread rolls. Because remember, it's a drones club. And we have to be throwing some bread rolls around. Remember, we've got this place, <laughs> we've got this place exclusive. We don't have to worry about yeah. other guests. Um, and I was at the Lord Taverner Christmas lunch where someone threw a bread roll at the at the comedian and it got on the telly. I went, yeah, that's more like it. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the comedian wasn't going so well at the time. No, it, no, no less said about uh, his set, the better. <laughs> um, and and in the tradition of the Plymouth Poly Cricket Club, where we used to do an awful lot of catching practice on Bigbury Beach, um, and I have the photos uh to prove it um i'd have a i'd have some cricket bats around so people could throw throw bread rolls nudge the bat catch at the other end that would be the fun game whilst enjoying the smoke deal and gravelax etc had bread rolls flying excellent yeah. uh and uh you having a main course as well uh oh gosh yes no we'd, we'd yeah. go through the card uh, again yeah. uh, i it's it's tough to to keep everyone happy these days, um, so I. Uh, but there's nothing like beef. So I, I went I went beef Wellington, um, but with a really unctuous duxel, you know, uh, with you know, foie gras uh, parfait as much as the the uh, the mushrooms, and the, they can have morels rather than just field mushrooms. That you know, really the just a you know, silly ingredient, uh, beef Wellington. Um, and being begat of Yorkshire folk, and with it being beef, it means you can have plenty of gravy and a Yorkshire pudding to go with it. Um, sundry vegetables to the side. Um, but it does also mean you can have a salmon on croute. I know it's fish after fish, but it keeps them quiet um, uh, for those that don't do the meat. And uh, and you could also do uh, vegetarian haggis um, uh, on croute, which is it's the best vegetarian. It's a brilliant, brilliant substitute. It actually tastes really, really good. And I love haggis. You know, I'd even have a little bit of haggis on the side with my beef wellington. It's a great thing. Um, and and so that would be for the vegetarians. Um, but importantly, I did mention earlier, with the smoked fish to start, means you can have a really unctuous burgundy, white burgundy, which I like. Uh, maybe, you know, not a, not sort of, you know, Mercer or anything, maybe a Rui or something like that, but just you know, Montrachet, probably Montrachet actually. That's just you know. um, And then uh, you know, even though you may have maybe have something heavier with beef, 
but I, I just go for an extremely expensive claret, just go for a top mark claret uh, to go with the main and you know, bottom of the dustiest corner of the cellar and, <laughs> uh, uh, dig out the Mouton Rothschild and, uh, yeah. and the tea strainer and crack on. Well, it's going to keep everyone happy, I'm sure. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. You can always. Uh, uh, I have been to some dinner parties where where there's there's two or three red wines served. So you have a lighter, you know, like a Pinot Noir, uh, a, a nice light Pinot Noir, and then a, a good rock solid, heavy, uh, as you say, get the dust off the bottle. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a. I like to. I'm a, I agree with white wine particularly, um, and I. I had a light red the other night with a with a chap uh, in the back garden. It was that I enjoyed, and but you'd like to think that people would would be able to get the gear around a claret. But I I don't disagree with the white, and uh, because people some people love or yeah some people hate Chardonnay. I loathe Sauvignon Blanc, uh, which made it troublesome going through to, to many drinks receptions in the noughties. That's all that seemed to be on offer. Um, but uh, I, I I wouldn't begrudge say an Arnais or a, a, a you know a, a, a Passerina or something just a fun Italian mark or something like that um, to if people didn't like their Chardonnay uh, I, I think I'd have an, an alternative to hand. Fair enough, Graham. Fair enough. And you obviously have a, a massive love for food and drink. Um, and did you, did you? I mean, in terms of you say you're you're Yorkshire lad, so you get, you're, you're from Yorkshire and you ended up in Plymouth. So is your is your love of food and drink? Does it come from your from your family? Did you have big parties when you were growing uh, up? Well, I think importantly, I, I I begat of Yorkshire folk, but I couldn't play. For, okay, I couldn't play for the county because uh, I was born in Farnham in in Surrey and very much okay. support Surrey. But my parents are both from Leeds, and and as a consequence, they have a bit of a Yorkshire street, as in a bit thrifty, um, and uh, and and a bit bland. <laughs> to be frank um and so you know part you know it was very hot it was hospitable i my father and it's a trait i've carried on he said he had a very full drinks cabinet um and say well i you know he he doesn't want he said i i never want to be asked for a drink that i haven't got when i'm entertaining and i thought you know that was good policy he loved his riesling so i was brought up on brown bottled german wine um so i probably started started sweeter than most it's like you know yeah. lapsing yeah. into the, the trocken beer and auschleser as a as a <laughs> as an aperitif was a was, might have been controversial but not in the 70s um but uh they were very it was it was very much twee dinner parties and canasta um and off to bed early um the part you know i'd started getting into parties more at, uh, at school, I used to organise parties in parks and wrecks, and we always used to, you know, meet, arrange everyone, particularly after after school and things, which is pretty standard stuff now. Um, and at uh, at Plymouth, I used to run uh, pen, the Penny Come Quick Pink Panther Party parties because there's a there is a place in Plymouth. That the first area I lived in Plymouth was called Penny Come Quick. Um, yeah, it's a funny lot down there, the Janners. Uh, there's another place, yeah. Um, a lovely girl, my lover. Uh, <laughs> so you've basically been you've you've been in the party world and organising parties since you were about nineteen, then. Well, yeah, no, probably earlier actually. 
uh, yeah. I, you know, 15, 16, um, when you, uh, in Farnham Park, gosh, yeah, they were fun. Um, just had to make sure that dad's bottles had the labels facing front after you'd taken a nip out of each of them. <laughs> um, Excellent. No, it's, uh, it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. And in, you, you obviously have it, um, uh, a, a very good knowledge in terms of food and drink. And, it, and has that just been through years of obviously with your role, having to go to good restaurants um, and obviously testing and tasting, as you say, the, the DJ song menus or anything else? Well, I, I, as I said, I loved restaurants before I joined Square Meal. Uh, and, 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 and so uh, we were lucky enough to go to a few nice restaurants with my parents on birthdays and things. And, and I would go take myself to them where possible. I was an avid reader of Faye Mashler um, in the London Evening Standard uh, and, you know, dreamt of going to Le Gavroche one day, that sort of thing. But I was very, very, so, so I took in, I think I took in a, a reasonable amount of knowledge. And I think, uh, but I, it was certainly um, developed and, and, uh, and fed by the by being able to go out and eat in nice restaurants for because you know that it, it, that was our raison d'etre we were we were there extolling the virtues of of entertaining corporately in restaurants um and oiling the cogs of commerce um and uh, and so it was it was natural to um uh, you know to take clients to them and i was very lucky to you know, eat in a lot of very nice restaurants um, and eat a lot of very good food. So, yeah, I, I certainly honed my habit to a degree. Um, I, I worry now that uh, it's viewed as a little bit an anachronistic um, and coming back in the new normal, one wonders, you know, the hospitality always gets gets hit uh, and that will, and restaurants are they're in a frightful state at the moment. I just really hope to go back and, you know, spend money in restaurants again as quickly as possible because even now when i do meet someone in a restaurant i you know, the the business progression is invariably um strong yeah so, uh, yeah yeah i know and you touch on it obviously we are at the moment going through the uh the covid pandemic and definitely from a, a hospitality and even more so from the event side of things we're definitely not out of it in any respect at the moment but you, uh, you've obviously been at your time, you know, 95 <clears throat> from Square Mill. So you've been through 9-11, you've been through 2008-9 crash yeah. um, and others. And I mean, from, from your time in terms of going through those, what, what learnings would you pass on? Um, you, you've, you've just got to be nice. Uh, you've, you've, if people ask for help, help them as best you can where possible within reason, of course, but because what goes around comes around and, and I wouldn't have stayed with, you know, kept square meal ticking over th particularly through those, you know, we, we three recessions with the previous, you know, that, that, that first recession was the end of nineties to 2000. But anyway, there was another one. And then the, the two that you cited um, without just being understanding, empathetic. Um, you know, if someone says, you know, can you just, you know, oh maybe well if you do that i'll do this for you and can you help there yes of course we can remember me though um but and you know or even without asking sorry it's always trite saying that um but yeah but the, the advice is, is just do what you can for people where you can um 
and uh, and just be nice and be empathetic because you know what goes around comes around yeah no the the, the, the theme in terms of talking to others is uh, <clears throat> excuse me is, is collaboration it seems to be that as you say that empathetic and, and helping people where you can and and looking at how you can collaborate either working i suppose even closer with clients or equally mm. as well actually looking at, at competitors and how you can you can help each other survive as you go through this. So hopefully there will be some good stuff to come out of it. Well, um, I think uh, I, I, the industry, I've never seen the industry pull together as much as, uh, as in the past. And I think uh, some of the, the, the media, uh, there used to be, I look at the trade media, I think have done excellent work. Um, you can see through social media, how people are pulling together as well. Uh, I think that there's likely to be some rationalization, as you say, talk to competitors um, and it may be that uh, you know more formal um, collaborations come together, you know, hopefully for the good, uh, and, and come out stronger at the other end. Um, I think uh, there's always silver linings. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, absolutely. And talking of silver linings, are there? I mean, in terms of highs of your career, are there are there points where you feel that either you know when you have in your new role, obviously, in terms of your your consulting business, or when you were at Square Meal, in terms of when you thought actually, yeah, this there's been a sort of stepping stone. There's been an occurrence or a situation where you've gone actually, yeah, that that's that's changed my business. I can see it's a real serious opportunity now. Yeah, two or three um, pulling out the venues and events brand separate from Square Meal and starting our own magazine and doing it in a different style, making it, you know, slightly more you know, glossy and uh, the, the, it's not a trade magazine. It was a, a coverage and an advice magazine. Um, uh, so there was less news and more features and very, very photography driven. <laughs> um, and then obviously when we launched the exhibition, that is what really took us into to, to that business in, to another level. Um, and, and again, doing it in a different way, relying on our own media and our own database and our own brand, rather than creating an exhibition, buying databases and buying, you know, trying to do contra deals in media. We didn't want other media at the show because it's our show. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, we did it all off our own bat and that in itself gives credence to the quality of your of your of your distribution for your media uh, yeah. and, and bringing the package together um and then having left just leaving and finding you know different and, and the phone ringing was just you know wonderful um i think uh the year five of the event photography awards um having come along to year four uh which was a bit of a fourth album and then taking the the fifth anniversary um, theme and uh, and my lovely client at, uh, at the British Museum, Lisa Guestella, bless her, um, hosting it, uh, but, but, but putting it in an auditorium. Yeah. That was I th- just a, that minor change. I know it was an you know, iconic venue and God, the catering was good again. Um, and, but putting it in an auditorium was, a, I think, a really good progression and making a fun presentation uh that that was a thing and also um little uh, one tiny thing was um when i was doing some work for the barbican who 
uh, well, quite a big job. I was asked to try and add commercial elements to some of their cultural offerings. And one of them was in the, uh, they were planning an ex, a big exhibition in, the, in artificial intelligence or the history of AI. Um, but they wanted to put some commercial events around it. And they effectively wanted to make me a, make a, you know, a venues and events live for AI, uh, which I researched. And you know, the market was a bit too busy and not quite right for them. But we created a public event. And I said, but they needed a media partner um, for, uh, otherwise, you know, they just didn't quite have the, the, the marketing strength themselves. Um, and and I said, well, you've, we've just got to go to Wire because um, Natural, Natural Geographic were already, yeah, they're already in the in the sector. Um, and and was told, oh no, they never work. Oh, they never talk to us. They never work with us, etc. Um, and and it's back to the good old fashioned. Well, I picked up the phone and rang someone up and said, do you fancy having a cup of coffee and a chat? And where they just pinged emails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I, which you know, I can, I know that in a, in a publishing house like Monomax, could could easily get lost, let alone in Condé Nast, um, and uh, and both t- parties did the first ever joint venture event, which ended up on, you know, being uh, Wired Pulse AI at the Barbican, and it was a very profitable and very successful event, and really took them in a new direction, and they were. Yeah, that was a that was a boon. So maybe just that phone call. That phone call. <laughs> That's excellent. It's excellent. It's a, it's a it's a good message to everyone. It's something that we're trying to forever tell our younger team that we realise that the, their natural habitat is email and social media. But phone calls do make a big difference. Yeah, indeed. Um, and talking about a big difference, desserts often make a big difference to oh. parties. Oh right, back to the, back to the grub. Quite right. Um, well, I, again, I've not been controversial. I don't think I love ice cream. <laughs> I, I really like. I'd love g- gelato. My favourite is stracciatella, bit of an Italian file, um, uh, but made with dolce leche, like they do at Chez Bruce. Oh, so good! But remember, this is this is effectively banqueting, um, and uh, so I, I'll have that, but in baked Alaska. With some sauce, okay, right around it, yeah. So my yeah. favorite, my favorite ice cream in a baked Alaska. Now, another Lord Taverner event um, at the London Hilton years and years ago. We did our best ever feature there, where Annika, uh, our editor, actually went into the kitchens and served on the conveyor belts at the Hilton. And uh, I think Anthony Marshall, the head of banking back there, Jeff, uh, you know, was pretty highly regarded in this in the market. And, uh, you know, it did baked Alaska for 900 people. And, you know, I sort of go, whoa, that, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So they should be able to do it for however many I've got at this event, you know, 60, 70 or whatever. Um, so, and it just takes it to an extra level, but it means it's got a bit of ice cream, a bit of soft fruit around the outside. And, uh, uh, and ha- you yeah, that, know, that'll do as long as it, it comes with, uh, it could be a pasito, you know. It could be, you know, uh, and maybe from, you know, nice from Pantelleria or something like that. But uh, uh, I think we'll have to have Dikem, won't we, Philip? <laughs> Whichever you like, Graham. It's your party. I'll mm. go. I'll go along with whatever you say. Well, I, um, I, I had a, I had a half bottle in my wine fridge for a while and dug it out for my birthday last year, uh, this year, 
in beginning of January and uh, I'd forgotten how good it was. Fantastic. And uh, you mentioned um, cricket a number of times in terms of uh, Lord Taverners, Plymouth Cricket Club. So in, are you going to surprise me? Is your celebrity going to be a cricketer or is it not? Uh, no, but he, okay. like, but he loves cricket. Very important. Um, but, so it's Fry. Got to have Fry. So, Stephen Fry. Uh, who, of course, played Jeeves. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. his entrance would be serving me at top table. <laughs> um, and he's obviously delightful company, uh, yeah. polymath, can chat about everything, but I can have a good... And I've been a fan of his since his famous Footlights, when he was, yeah. you know, the Shakespeare Cambridge. masterclass and he was encouraging Hugh to build from the buttocks. Um just uh, and their their wordplay, and I I I I love words and playing words, and you know I'll never touch on their quality, but their their brilliance. Uh, you, know, you have to look at uh, the the their, the things they've added into Black Adder, let alone you know a little bit of Fry and Lorry. Lorry. Yeah. So yes, no, it's it's Fry. You're coming in then on to you've had your meal. Uh, oh, oh not quite, Philip. No, we're not. Oh, sorry. Are you doing cheese course? Of course, or... cheese. Quite out loud. That. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I apologise. Uh, yeah, because I, I also, I might look like a bit of cheese, and uh... <laughs> you have the career, but yes, Graham um, is showing me for listeners. He's showing me the complete illustrated guide to cheeses of the world. Yes, uh, I'm a great, you know, British again. Uh, so obviously, kick off with Stickleton. Um, it would be to hand the the, the unpasteurized Stilton as it should be in what you know made in your uh, uh, a Devon or Somerset Brie Yarg. Mrs Hill likes a bit of Yarg. Um, you have to have a cheddar. I'm not I've got a bundle on the big Montgomerys. I can just cope with Keynes, but I like the Wookie Hole. Uh, uh, so anything cave aged Burkswell, which is one best cheese a couple of times. It's a West Midlands. It's like a Manchego, fabulous. Obviously, the bit of Yorkshire in there. Um, so uh, Wensleydale, so I love some Wensleydale, which I, which you must, you know, you can't have Christmas pudding, uh, Chris, uh, Christmas uh, cake uh, or a mince pie without some Wensleydale. So there is a bit of, there's a bit of Yorkshire coming through. Uh, you, have, you, have, you have Christmas cake with Wensleydale? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can't, you, you, yes. <laughs> fruit, fruit and cheese, cheese and fruit. Absolutely, yeah. Basically, I can see, I can see how it goes. Um, if we had Wednesday Day, I, I like a, a herby one, so I wouldn't have Garsdale as well, which is a, a favourite, which is the Wednesday based uh, herb one. So maybe a sage Derby, um, sage probably my favourite uh, herb. Um, stinking Bicket Bishop, of course. Um, Wallace and Grobbit, a bit more Yorkshire there, uh, but also something uh, sloppy and smelly. But there will be one. One international in there, uh, which is my favourite cheese, uh, which is Ektegjetost. Uh, uh, it's Norwegian. It's the brown sort of sweet, almost fudge-like cheese uh, that you you serve with a, a pulling slicer. Um, and it's a, it's a Marmite. You know, people love it or hate it, but I, it's always on my table at home and, and I'll be serving it up there as well. So, yes, definitely a cheese board. Uh, a, a size, a sizable cheese board, cheese trolley. I would suggest. Maybe even a cheese table, like, <laughs> a like cheese my, table. my old 
deputy Caroline, God bless her, had at her wedding. She was a cheese file as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a cheese table at our wedding actually as well. Oh, good to see you. Quite right. Whole trestle. Yeah, yeah. Good right. Yeah, it's got to be done. Um, okay, so everyone is now really suitably um, um, fed and watered. Thank you for putting the words in for me. Uh, so, but they're now going to have to. Are they going to get up and dance? Are you dancing? Well, yes, and I, I'm sort of rolling the entertainment through here. So the piano guys have played, you know, tinkled the ivories through supper, mm. um, and uh, but then they've they've had their little hiatus and uh, and. Uh, and the band show up and uh you, the so i'm i'm quite keen to have dancing and and some entertainment so i'm gonna have bandioki because i like i i'm, I'm an air drummer okay so this is like rocky okie rocky okie bandioki yeah so i can yep. play the drums and then they can play any tune anybody wants my wife can also get up and sing. I can sing a bit. She sings very beautifully. Um, and uh, and then it means that, that if, forgive me for going back a bit, because it gives uh, credence to the first song and the dancing. There will be dancing, yes, because if I'm – I Elite Hotels did this at an event I went to, uh, the, the Eastbourne Grand, which is their most sort of senescent um, – Agatha Christie style hotel, and they had the strictly come dancing ballroomers come on after and entertain. And I don't watch strictly, but lots of people do. Yep. Um, it is amazing when you watch them, they are absolutely brilliant. These ballroomers, when they all the professionals, it's deeply impressive. Um, but it really will encourage people to dance. So, yes, they will be dancing, and the bandioki. Well, Rocky Oki or with a band will crack on with Dancing Queen to get everybody up and running, <laughs> which is my, uh, my wife's favourite. It's your wife's favourite. And uh, I, I hate to say it's, it's not the first time it's been mentioned as the first dance song. Either. Oh, there we go. Well, they were <laughs> ABBA, utterly brilliant writers of popular music. Uh, and the, the actual the depth of uh, uh of the arrangements uh it's it so much to it but of course it's got dun -dun 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 -dun, uh which is the piano bit and i love with you know you remember piano is a percussion instrument i love the drums and it's 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 using a piano really percussively but obviously you know though there's there's tunefulness to it too and one of my favorite like well, my eldest son is called oliver and if you go back to oliver's army by elvis costello he nicked that he nicked that riff from, you know, and you think, oh, Elvis Costello is really punky and cool. But no, he nicked that from ABBA because it was so good uh, for Oliver's Army. Well, there's a start. There you go. Rhythmic piano. So I, I might tinkle the ivories as well if I'm not too uh, inebriated. <laughs> and through your, through your years, Graham, and we have to relate this to the events industry rather than, than from the publishing world. But who would you say has inspired you most? Oh, gosh. I think I'd rather, rather not do a most, but can I do, you know, those people that I started with early, you know, Charles Boyd, you know, has had, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a fabulous career and led wonderfully well. And he's now just a dude. He's, we always called him the dude. Um, Guy and Mike, uh, Guy Roger and Mike Kershaw, Mel Atkins. If I look, I look at his career and I just think he's just, he's the guy that is, will always help if he can. 
has run his own business, sold it, then led it again, and re- just a top, top bloke. Um, Jackie Bowton uh, at the Barbican. You know, just I just want to grab some of her positivity. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it just endlessly positive. Um, I think I give a shout to uh, Julian Agostini at the moment because I think his I think Mash have done a real Mash media, yeah, uh, really strong on the uh, you know particularly through this crisis and it, you know and he's you know it, he's actually he's he's always doing what he can for the industry. I know he's you know he could he's a he's a he's a bit of a boy, but he's oh he's got the industry at heart. He's got a massive heart. But I think his organisations have, you know, their efforts have been commendable of late. Um, in that realm, uh, Andrew Kennedy, one of our judges on the Photography Awards, uh, Ken at, the, at Purton's, just the nicest man in the industry. Uh, Rowan Kitchen at the HAC, another judge, um, who again, positive, organised, just, you know, quite impressed by her. Uh, Caroline, I mentioned earlier, my old de- deputy, um, I'll doff a forelock to you. And, 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 and something like, just wanted to mention another lady. I like Vicky O'Hare at Party Ingredients. You know, mm-hmm. she just, she leads. It's a great company. It's traditional. It's lovely. And, you know, she likes her gardening. She likes her food. She does things as she thinks they should be done. I, you know, awful lot of time for her and her organisation. Uh, no, no, no. Wrapped yeah. a few off there. Is that okay? It's absolutely fine, and it's uh, you. Obviously, you, you're a big fan of positive people. You are obviously, as they say, attracted to radiators and stay away from drains. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it helps in life, most definitely. No, for sure. Um, but sadly, obviously, all thing, all good things do come to an end, and uh, your party is going to to uh, come to an end. I, I'm um, knowing you and uh, everything that's going to be going through that night. Uh, it's going to be. Well, not ending that night, it's going to be ending the next morning, uh, probably as dawn rises. Right. Well, it, it, yeah, it, either way, um, uh, in that they've only got so many rooms. Uh, and okay. so we might be able to fit a few off, few folk in and they'll have to you know, stay on the mainland where there's some. We had a week's holiday in, in a in a apartment overlooking the bay there a few years back. So there's, there are places, but either if, morning or afternoon. I'll, the departure will be when the tide's in because uh, to get to Burr Island when the tide's in, the, there is a sea tractor. So it's on, it's on legs. It's about, you know, five metres high um, with, you know, a cog down to the wheels below and it literally wades through the sea um, a, along the causeway. Uh, and it's a it's a pretty special trip, you know, to yeah, you can drive across when the tide's out, but if, if the tide's in, you have to take a, a long legged sea tractor. Um so it won't be a helicopter, it will be a very, very slow plod over the water in a sea tractor, which is pretty unique, I think. It's very unique. Be a fitting a fitting memory for everyone to take with them. I hope so. Yeah. And, uh, and and in terms of talking of fitting memory, um, you are allowed to give your, your guests a, a gift to go with. Um, do you have one in mind? Well, I, I, I didn't want to be too clever and and, uh, and, uh, and something that they would keep. So uh, and also just remembering back at the show, we used to have really nice bags at the exhibition. 
and that people used to keep and you say, oh, can I have one of the bags? And, and we used to do a different color every year. And I've got a whole set of them. Um, and, uh, and so I'd give them a bag, but a, re a really nice leather bag embossed with the island and the date and maybe you know, one for the blokes, you know, man bag and handbag for the ladies, different colors. So people, you know, if they're in the same party and they turned up, you know, but just give them really nice quality leather bag wherein there would be, you know, the hangover kit. Yeah. <laughs> Sausage roll, Mars bar, mouthwash, you know, Bloody Mary, fizzy water, orange juice, paracetamol and, and, and an OS map of the South Hams for those people who go a little bit too far out the way. <laughs> well, it's fantastic, Graham. I'm sure they'll be out there. They will all be very greatly received and a big surprise to them all as well, will they? No, I hope so. When they receive this bag to go home with. Thank you again for talking you through your event. Um, it, I, I would love to come to this party, I have to say. And I will, I will look to go to the party at Bear Island Hotel. Be well, it yours or another one. That's good. I seem to have I rattled on rather long. I, I... <laughs> it's not a problem, Graham. No problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> never, never, if not, nothing if not verbose. Exactly. And I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sure it will be a great entertainment to the listeners. So I thank hope you. so. My apologies to everyone.